Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, a former Australian fast bowler takes the coaching reins in Vanuatu. PNG's cricketers struggle in Scotland. And Tonga's Peter Taufatafua makes his international kayaking debut. But first, the Pacifica Challenge comes to Auckland this week with Manu Samoa, the Flying Fijians and Ikaletahi all in action three weeks out from the start of the Rugby World Cup. Samoa's match against the New Zealand Heartland 15 is a final chance for players to impress coach Steve Jackson before he names his 31-man World Cup squad. Fiji have already selected their team for Japan and will face a Tongan side also determined to put their best foot forward before Tatoe Kefu announces his World Cup side on Monday. The Ikalatahi arrived in New Zealand off the back of a 19-15 win over the Western Force in Nuku'alofa in the team's first home match for two years. Totoi Kefu says playing in front of their home supporters was a great experience for the team. Apart from the downpour, it would have been a really good spectacle. But nonetheless, everyone enjoyed playing back at home. We we spent a few days up in Vavatu trying to just connect with the community up there. We've had absolutely fantastic reports. Um, you know, everyone was talking about the team, how well they were, uh, they all carried themselves. Um, and then we came back to Tonatapu on uh, Tuesday, being absolutely fantastic here as well. So it was a good turnout to the game yesterday and, and, and the government, you know, looked at doing more games like that in the future. What do you take out of the match itself? Oh, look, there was a few things that we wanted to work on and most of those things were okay. Uh, we still need to address them somewhat. Uh, we're still looking at some combinations. Um, we've still got to drop two or three people out of our squad for the World Cup. So, um, you know, we're still looking at those games as a, as a bit of a selection process. But, yeah, there's always something to work on. Um, you know, we've got two games left now, and, and we definitely want to be at our best for those games. Yeah, in, in terms of combinations, uh, Steve Murphy, you've had him uh, on the blind side flank starting the last couple of games, obviously. Um, you know, gives you another line-out option there, and I think you went for the the two playmakers. You, went, you had Latiume at second five yesterday. So are those the sorts of things that you're sort of weighing up as to you know what combinations might work and what tactics might work come Japan? Definitely, and we'll also investigate uh, what other positions these players can play. So these games are uh, perfect to do that. You know, we, we probably won't experiment anymore leading into Fiji and ABs. We'll probably go with our best team uh, that we have available to us in the last two games. One of the things you cited a couple of weeks ago was that the fitness still needs to lift. You've had another a week or two to uh, work on that and another match here for the boys. Um, uh, how, how's that coming along? Yeah, coming along nicely. I mean, we, we're still, we've still got a schedule that, um, that, that drives the boys um, hard. Um, you know, we, we get a few moans and complaints along the way, but... Um, the players have been actually really good. So, um, look, we'll, we'll work, we'll work them hard up until probably the ABs week. 
um, and then look to go to Japan and, and rest up for a little bit before we um, tackle that week's prep against England. But we, we don't get this many games or this time, so uh, to have this opportunity is, is perfect for us. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of time for us to keep sorting through, trying to find some form and trying to execute what we want. What we think is a game plan that will bring us some success. Fiji named their squad uh, a week or so ago. The All Blacks named theirs this Wednesday. Um, when do you name your squad? It'll be this week sometime. And, and how many people do you expect to take over to Auckland? Uh, we'll take 33 to Auckland, um, and then we'll drop two out. And uh, for you and the fellow selectors, um, how are those final discussions going in terms of having to drop 33 to 31 and... Um, what, what, what did you have this past week in Tonga? Did you have 34? We've had 30, and then we've got three more to join us in, in Auckland. Yeah, no one's been ruled out yet. One of them's really... Well, two, both decisions are really hard, um, and, you know, we can see pros and cons of each player, um, but, you know, sometimes uh, making hard decisions probably good means you've got a lot of good players on the plate. So, um, yeah, it'll be disappointing for them, but, um, you know, I think the decision we make as selectors is, is the best for the team. After this game now, you, you head into uh, that Fiji game. They've had a, a week off. They've named their World Cup team. I guess they're fine-tuning as well. Um, what are you expecting from uh, the Fijian team that obviously uh, you, you had a pretty good uh, result against last year? From what we've seen, they've been true to, to their strengths. Um, there's a few little tactical nuances we've we've discovered that they've tried in the PNC. As much as we're going to have a look at them, you know, we're, we're probably more focused about ourselves and what we can do um, and, and what we think will be a uh, game plan that could uh, bring us some success during the Rugby World Cup. That's Tonga Rugby coach Totoi Kefu. The former Australian fast bowler Clint Mackay has been appointed interim coach of the Vanuatu men's cricket team. The 36-year-old Mackay played 59 one-day internationals and also represented his country in six T20 matches and one test between 2009 and 2014. His appointment comes after former national head coach and high-performance manager Peter Buchanan resigned for personal reasons after seven months in charge. The Vanuatu Cricket Chief Executive Shane Dietz says Mackay will lead the team in the first stage of the ICC Cricket World Cup Challenge in Malaysia next month. Got a great appointment with, uh, with Clint coming over. He's you know, got years and years of experience at the national level, at first-class level, uh, particularly in the 50 over and T20 game, which is what we um, what we play in. So it'll be great to get Clint over here uh, for a few weeks and uh, take us to the tournament in Malaysia. And how did you come about Clint as as someone that you thought could do the job? And and obviously, um, how did you convince them to take it? Oh, we went for a global search. Um, few contacts I know, but the main guy was Trent Woodhill, who works at Cricket Victoria, Melbourne Star, done ten years at the IPL, um, real world class coach, ex, ex New Zealand Black Caps assistant coach too. Uh, he come on his recommendation, so you know, that's a, that's a fantastic recommendation from someone like Trent, and yeah, we snapped him up straight away. Top level international cricket experience that uh, not many people have, and and not too many years removed from that as well. So I guess that'll be a, a unique insight and something that the players can really relate to. Yeah, so he's been travelling around the world playing cricket as professional, knows what it takes to get to the top. You know, he's got, 
good communicator, good natural leader, well liked around the world in cricket circles. So yeah, it's a fantastic opportunity for for our guys to learn off someone like Quinn. And uh, not not long to get his feet under the desk, of course, before this uh, Cricket World Cup Challenge uh, event uh, that you guys are taking part in. Tell me a bit about what that event entails. The New South ICC for the 2023 50-over World Cup qualification. Uh, it's all the teams ranked 21 to 32 in the world, and they split them into two pools, and we play three round robins over two and a half years, and the winner of each pool then goes up to the next level to playing one of the final global qualifiers for the 50-over World Cup. So it's actually a bit easier, direct pathway uh, for the two winning teams to get to the 50-over World Cup than it was in the okay. past. So it's effectively what Division 3 was, I guess, previously, just with 12 teams, not six. So as ranked 29 in the world, I guess we want to be one of the outsiders to take the take this opportunity, but you know we've been working hard for a number of years and we've progressed well. So when you get to these tournaments, anything's possible, and yeah, we're confident of a good showing. So initially, is it just for this tournament, just to see how it goes, sort of thing? Yeah, and then we're after this tournament, we're staying in Malaysia. A few of the teams are staying to play some T20I international mm-hmm. fixtures, so he'll stay for that as well. So it'll be around the sixth of October he finishes up. I think he's got some. Working for the Global Stars and the Big Bash after that. But we'll probably, we don't have any tournaments till May next year, so we'll probably have a few months and start a new search for someone full time. And if he uh, puts his name in that for that, well, we might be, uh, might be a more permanent fixture. We'll see how it goes. That's the Vanuatu Cricket Chief Executive Officer, Shane Deeds. The Papua New Guinea men's cricket team have begun their World Cup qualification campaign in disappointing fashion, losing all four games against Scotland and Oman in Aberdeen. The ICC Cricket World Cup League 2 is a 36-game qualifying series that runs over the next two and a half years. The Barramundi's coach Joe Dawes says the team played some of their best cricket so far but were let down by simple errors. The most disappointing part is the first two games where we really should have won those two games and just missed important moments in that match. We we dropped a catch against Oman in the first game that would have pretty much sealed the game. And then against Scotland on, on what has been pretty difficult wickets for, for everyone to bat on. We had a couple of players, in particular Tony Ura, who was batting beautifully 46 off 47 and then plays a dumb shot and hits the ball down deep backwards, squares throat into the wind up a hill. You know, so it's... It really just brings home that skill-wise, we're as good as any of these teams. And, you know, I'd argue that natural ability, we've probably got uh, even more skill than a lot of them. But what we're lacking is just cricket brains, cricket smarts. And and that just comes from playing hard cricket and much of it. And, you know, you look at the Scottish boys, there's quite a few of them playing in the county system. Uh, Oman have got a lot of players that have played a lot of cricket through the subcontinent. Area. And again, because of their location, whenever teams come into that area on their way somewhere, they're playing games of cricket where New Guinea is, is ahead of the way and no one's coming there to play extra cricket. So our biggest challenge is just trying to get our guys more competitive cricket so they can start to build that knowledge base and experience. And in all four matches, you you weren't dismissed in your batting, you know, you, you batted out the 50 overs, which sometimes when you don't get a lot of 50 over cricket on you can, can be quite a challenge to adapt to that format because obviously... Uh, the Barramundis do play quite a bit of T20 cricket, and I guess it's what they play primarily locally, and um, you know what they're most conditioned to, and, and have had the most success in. So disappointing you couldn't close out some of those scores. You think you batted first three times, top, that's right, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, but um, was that was that encouraging that you, at the very least, you batted out your fifty and and, and as you say, maybe just a a few runs shortened some of them to to put a little bit more pressure on in terms of the the target. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know if you go back to Zimbabwe last year and even Namibia this year, we we struggled to bat our fifty overs out in those competitions. So for us to to do that uh, in all four of these games. Um, was pleasing. You know, there's there's some good signs. You know, Gary Tocker and, and Tony Ura, um, except for one game, you know, put on really good opening partnerships and got us in good positions. We're just needing someone that gets a start to go on with that. Um, but it's a step in the right direction. And uh, I think, you know, it's very easy to get carried away with we've lost four games and get quite frustrated with that. But I think you have to break it down and say, well, yes, it is disappointing. But we are making some steps and we are seeing some improvements with the batting, but there's there's more to go. You guys always need more cricket. It's always something that's going to help you guys. So uh, even though it was a you know a, a challenging week, um, you know it's not long before you you're back into it again in a new location. Yeah, mate. We're looking forward to the states. I mean, what a great place to go on a cricket tour, Fort Lauderdale. Um, another great experience for everyone involved. And again, yeah, it's more games. Um, you know, we'll be making some changes to the side. Uh, Jason Killer will be. He's fit again after an injury that he received in, he had in Palm. So bringing the left arm orthodox in for us will be will be good. Give us a bit more balance in the side with spin. Um, which I'm excited about. You know, we're just going to be putting pressure on the guys to perform with batter and ball. And there's four more games of cricket, which is fantastic for the boys. It is an interesting format, this World Cricket League too. Hey, you've got sort of these sorts of tri series uh, to the to the layman. Uh, how how would you explain it? How would you break it down so people understand how it works? Well, I think it's just got to be taken into the context of that it's it's actually a 36-game series. There's no sort of, you know, Scotland won three out of the four games here, so they didn't win this tournament. They've just had a really good start to the big tournament, if that makes sense. So, you know, there's a long way to go. We've only played four games out of 36. You know, you don't want to get too far behind and have to play catch-up in the second half. But, you know, we'll learn from this. And, you know, we've got Nathan Reardon on board now. He's doing a great job with the batters. And um, there's some really good conversations happening. And, and it's just up to the boys now to apply the things that they're being being shown and taught and applying them for longer times. Uh, it must be really exciting to have that sort of consistency and, you know, to know that when that's over, you've got something else not far away and, you know, a real structure, a real calendar now. Oh, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. I mean... To have that certainty over the next two and a half years means you can you can plan. It means that from a commercial point of view, we've got something to offer back to, to sponsors and, and potentially broadcasters and things in Port Moresby, uh, in PNG, which is something that never had that real certainty before. And then again, just being able to lock in for that period of time to get the boys that much cricket uh, is fantastic. Again, I go back, to, I mentioned Gowdy Tocker early. Well, I haven't checked the numbers, but the four, he played four 50-hour games here. I wouldn't be surprised if that's that might have got into a total of ten fifty over games in his life. Yeah, so it's a real great experience for our guys to to get in and play this, and we can hopefully over that thirty six games really learn from it and move forward. That's PNG cricket coach Joe Dawes. Tonga's Peter Tafatafu has finished last in his first competitive race at the Canoe Sprint World Championships in Hungary. The 35-year-old has already represented his country in taekwondo and cross-country skiing, but is attempting to become the first person this century to compete in three different Olympic sports. Competing in Heat 5 of the K1 200m sprint last week, Tafa Tafua crossed the finish line in 58.19 seconds, 
more than 24 seconds behind the heat winner, Serbia's Strahinja Stefanovic. I was happy to cross the finish line while still staying on the kayak. I mean, that was certainly a goal of mine, so I can take that one off the list. But uh, yeah, it was... You know, it's only just the beginning. A lot of work just to get here and to get our tickets across for the team. But um, uh, we're just getting started with this sport of kayak. It's been so much just yourself and Master Paul Satapa, your coach, uh, you know, kind of doing things from the smell of an oily rag and not having a proper race kayak, etc., etc., not having any real f- funding for it. Um, actually being over in Hungary with the best kayakers in the world and competing in this competition, has that maybe, you know, sort of given you some extra motivation or, or push or you know um sort of feeling to to, to kick on uh, now that you've sort of had this experience yeah absolutely i mean i was i was going to take it all the way to the line anyway uh, but just being in hungary and and seeing just how good these guys are how strong they are in the sport most of them have been doing it their whole life that gives me more motivation just to up the game and you know spend the next six months leading into the qualifier working even uh, even harder Obviously, you had to get yourself into that start position, which took a little bit of trickery, a bit of manoeuvring, and and obviously that start time, you know, by the time you cross the line, they're already well in front of you. So I imagine that's an area of uh, the race where, you, you know, if you can improve those starts, even, you know, a little bit each time, that can really, you know, eat into that time and, and you know, speed you up. Once I get going and I get into the rhythm of it, I've got a few extra gears in the bank. It's just... Uh... The start is certainly an area that I need to work on. That was actually the first time I've ever started in the start gate, so I didn't know what to expect. All of the other starts have just been someone yelling out on your mark and said, go. But now I actually went into a start gate, and, and on top of that, we had a strong wind. And I didn't know what to do in that circumstance, but uh, it was great because it was a good lesson, so the next time I'll know exactly what to do and what not to do. And, and what sort of kayak did you compete in? I competed in a uh, what's called a touring kayak, so the speed is a is a lot less, but the balance is a little bit better. One of the Spanish and ha- uh, coaches and the Hungarian Hungarian coach said it's probably worth about ten seconds in the two hundred meter race. When we're trying to learn technique and we're here with the best in the world, we're trying to learn technique. We have to actually be staying on the kayak to do that technique. So it's it's marginally better balance wise than a uh, than a race kayak, but it certainly doesn't same speed indeed and as you mentioned six months to go until the the final qualifier for tokyo the oceania uh, championships but uh, you also still hold out hope of qualifying for tokyo and taekwondo your first love so um what what happens from here on and until february peter do you do you try and juggle both sports how do you how do you uh, set your focus for the next six months for the next six months i won't be sleeping basically i mean i've got a lot of work to do with kayak Taekwondo is, you know, it's my first love. Uh, she won't let me escape, so um, you know, I've got to, I've got to treat her well as well. But um, so I'll be doing both sports. I'll be juggling. Uh, looks like I was talking to the coach, Coach Master Paul. Looks like three a day sessions, but that's nothing new to me. You know, that level of training. So um, I'll, I'll certainly be doing both sports. That's Tongan Olympian Peter Talfatafua. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thanks very much for listening. For more coverage, head to our website, rnzi.com.